right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another week of Sky Chair. I'm Noah. I'm Jesse. All right, Jesse. Hey, uh, interesting week. Uh, we had a great <laughs> week last week. Uh, uh, interesting start to, uh, to our show. Um, but it was a, a fun week. Last week, we talked about Batman, the best of, and all that. And then yeah. uh, that led up to this week where we uh, both saw the uh, the Batman over this the past Batman. Uh, yeah, over this past weekend. So I'm excited to hear what we both have to say about the movie and doing our review. Um, we do have for our scotch here being Craig Isle, um, which is a, a mysterious bottle here as we um, are going to revisit uh, real quickly here <laughs> since we didn't hit, uh, since I didn't hit record the first time through. And um, restaurant reviews, Twin Peaks, and then we got our shout out. So yeah. let's, uh, let's have you reintroduce us to uh, Craig Isle. Atomic batteries to power, turbines to speed. Roger, ready to move out. Scotch review. All right, Craig Isle, Isla, single malt scotch whiskey. And this one, uh, you know, the canister, uh, matte black, perfect for Batman. Uh, the scotch itself, well, we don't know a whole lot about it. It's pretty mysterious, much like the history of, of the Batman, Bruce Wayne. Um, and for that, uh, you know, we found it fitting for this day. Uh, we briefly talked about which side of the bottle to show first. Was it the horse's ass or the horse's <laughs> face? Everyone's heard of the horse's ass, but uh, no one seemed to have heard of the horse's face. Not too many about the horse's yeah. face, unless we're talking about yeah. AOC or That's John right. Elway or, That's right. <laughs> or so, Mr. Ed. So as we uncork this bad boy and uh, pour this, we will kind of assess it. You know, the bottle itself, much like the Batman, dark night black mysterious doesn't even get to doesn't even show you the color yeah we're gonna find that out as we pour it here and uh you know it's it's gonna be an interesting interesting scotch uh so we'll get these going i do like the uh, canister how it's uh, matte black with the with the blue metallic yeah so Quick note, 42.2% alcohol hey, by volume. Yeah, don't forget that point two. Yeah, bro. everyone needs the point two. Length matters. I, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what were you talking about? The horse. The horse, of course. The, the horse, horse is a horse. The horse, of course. <laughs> All right. So with that, the 42.4, uh, with not knowing much about where this Scotch origins is uh, from, Quality Spirits International apparently uh, owns it and uh, distills and... Uh, distributes this fine beverage we're hoping it's super fine uh she's a super freak super, super freak. freak she's super, super freaky wow. so we're hoping that is this scotch and really it's very difficult you go online and do a little research we can't find out a whole lot where exactly i mean you can go visit the distillery they've got an address but that's all unless we're in scotland that's all we can do is see it on the map yeah it's kind of weird like uh because um all it tells you is that it's a contemporary range of island malt source from their malt maker uh, uh, from various Scottish islands. Which is so. curious because with that, as we know about a single malt scotch, it has to come from the same distillery. All barley, same distillery. Yeah. And, um, you know, and here's the thing too, you, like you're saying it comes from a large, um, uh, what'd you say it was? Large international distributor? Yeah. And um, they actually, they um, they do like a lot of private labels. So I think, you know, maybe like uh, companies or something like that, they'll go to them and they'll get a, a label created for them. Fun fact, Glenn Fittick does a lot of private labels. Hmm. 
Mm. Maybe one day we can see a scratch hour label. Mm. I'm thinking that can happen. <laughs> yeah, we'll do like the Glenn Fittick, uh, Mr. Porter, 400 bottles. Put your name in. If you're lucky, you get to find out what it tastes like for $400 <laughs> plus shipping and handling of $200. Nope, I was not elected or erected by that scotch. <laughs> 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 all right all right <laughs> all right let's proceed to this fine tasting okay so we'll go ahead and we'll we'll, we'll clip here and then uh we'll rejoin you guys on the flip side For me, uh, is here. Well, here I guess before I really jump, jump, jump in. Um, according to the one or two or three sources that you can find online, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's truly a mystery. Thanks a lot, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, the nose is supposed to be robust peat with hints of coal tar peat uh, with releases of fruit and floral. I got none of that, really. Tell you the truth, what I personally got was. Uh, I got some wet oak with uh, sea salt, or one can probably say brine, and some sweetness. That's what I got in my nose. So, and then when it came to the palate, uh, the front palate was a little bit sweet, um, where I kind of got some uh, candied fruit there and some peat. And then the finish was a smoky oak finish. Yeah. That kind of just was a nice medium finish it wasn't like super long it wasn't short either um but according to like the tasting notes that they have is that your taste there on the palate should be big and bold smoky notes strong pea with some oaky sweetness with the finish being long lasting smoke um i do get the smoke on the finish like i said i got a smoky oak there on the finish but on that uh on the palate there yeah i didn't get any of those things i mean i got <laughs> What'd I mean, she give I, you, syphilis? I mean, I got peat <laughs> and I got some sweetness there. And uh, like I said, it was like, to me, it was like a uh, candied fruit type sweetness. So uh, what did you get? You know, first off, from the color oh. is definitely a light gold. Yeah, I forgot to mention Not color. super deep and rich uh, like last week's <laughs> or uh, uh, many of the scotches we've had, but not bad. It's a fun light gold, uh, very vibrant. The light shines through it very well. You know, I'm stuck on this this point. I'll come back to you in just a second about thinking about uh, their term here that it is a uh, scotch of the islands because that's my struggle right here. And I think I'm starting to figure out the possible riddle, if you will. Thanks a lot, the Riddler and Batman, um, about this scotch. So for me, it does have... A nice scent. Uh, it is slightly floral. Slightly, slightly oaky. I'm not getting that robust piece either. Uh, so for me, it's a little bit of barley. A little bit of biscuit. <laughs> a little teeny bit of fruit and a little bit of floral on the nose. It's this very 
interesting blend. And why I say that, I'm going to get to here in just a few more moments uh, on the tongue. She starts off so mild. It's almost too smooth for me, like super smooth to the point where I'm like, is it hot? No, it's not. Um, that's not necessarily a bad thing, by the way. You don't want a super hot scotch. But um, it's a very mild palate, which starts out almost without definition at the beginning and then transcends to an oaky sweetness with a little bit of peat. With that finish, it's definitely sweet. A teeny bit floral. And for me... The finish is medium bodied, even though it actually is super long lasting. There's something on the tongue, that's what she said, that won't go away. <laughs> and like the with, smoke? Yeah, but it's, uh, man, it's not super smoky. Here's my one question. So we know through research and through our studies that a single malt scotch has to be from a single scotch house if you will so lagavulin all comes from the lagavulin distillery talisker all comes from the talisker distillery therefore theoretically craigail all comes from the craigail distillery but what does that really mean if you have multiple distilleries on multiple islands for me that's what i'm getting here i'm getting mostly talisker a teeny bit of lagavulin and that brine, uh, yeah, I forgot to mention the brine is throughout, but very mild. It's almost like a sweet, sexy blend of Obin, Talisker, and Lagavulin. However, as I've come to know those three, I want them single. I don't want a quad madra power. <laughs> <laughs> It's time for our shout outs. Uh, you know, my shout out <laughs> is a contradictory, sarcastic <laughs> shout out to Biden. Biden, awesome job trying to buy all these Ukrainians their freedom for standing up for them, giving them all their civil rights that you took away from us by mandating vaccinations and making us wear masks and taking away all of our personal rights. But thank you for giving it to a foreign country that you still haven't actually physically helped. <laughs> That's my like, shout out. You mean like defend their borders? Yeah, we got all sorts of uh, planes and stuff over there uh, defending. Wait a minute. If they're in the United Kingdom, they're not in Ukraine? What? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Biden, for, again, really the emphasis here is him standing up to, defy, to defend their freedoms while taking ours away the past two years. I don't even know what to say. Well, I guess on that same note, like, why don't we just give him a shout out for like still buying oil from Russia and then shutting down our, our, our pipelines. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for taking American jobs and giving them to Russians and supporting their freedoms and their political strength. So weird. You gotta love the tax. You gotta love like the gas prices because of that. Oh yeah. I love the fact that they jumped up 50 cents this week. I want to give a shout out to like those people who have four wheel drives who like drive on ice thinking like four wheel will, will just be fine. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, they cause this tremendous accident and a fire on Hampton. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> Literally, that's what caused the problem. <laughs> Jack, uh, oh, wait, no, it was a horse's ass. 
<laughs> I got four wheel drive. I can drive through anything. Ice is still ice, dude. Yeah, four wheel slide. Food. Science did not change. Yeah, it's so <laughs> weird. Zero traction on ice with two wheels means all the traction in the world with four. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it still means zero traction. Zero plus zero for two wheels is the same result of zero if it's zero plus zero plus zero plus zero for four wheels. Like, dude, math. <laughs> Please. Your math sucks, dude. I, I have a four-wheel drive. I can drive on anything. Yeah. My traction is an 800 with my four-wheel drive. Because <laughs> math. Huh? <laughs> Science uh, we better, change. We, yeah. I mean, if <laughs> anything, this... Uh, yeah, this uh, candidacy has taught us that science can change. Apparently, math did, too. Apparently. Holy shit, I'm going to be a billionaire tomorrow. Watch this. <laughs> $25 in my savings plus $50 in my checking equals $1 million. Let's retire. <laughs> All right. Um, well, there was our terrible shout outs, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we went way astray. <laughs> I guess if I was going to do a real shout out, I'd give a shout out to the Anons that are out there trying to find the truth uh, to uh, all the news that's coming out and pointing out all the, uh, all the fake uh, uh, reports um, with like uh, pictures and showing like how explosions are coming, you know, that they're using saying that's in Ukraine, but they're finding out that it's uh, like two or three year old, four year old from three years ago in yeah. Afghanistan. So I want to just give a shout out to the Anons out there who uh, are going ahead and uh, they're, Finding out all those uh, fake news sources there. You know, I I think that's a really good point. And I, I just want to give that shout out. It continued to every one of you out there, whether you're watching our show or not, who's keeping your mind open and not just trusting fake news. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we were conditioned. I mean, probably our parents or our grandparents, right? They believed in. Dude, my dad was a conspiracy theorist since I was a kid. I was not conditioned. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not your dad or you, but <laughs> just I think the most most people in America like they naturally assume that the news was telling them the truth, and um, I think it's always good. I think Thomas Jefferson had it right. Question everything, including the existence of God. And honestly, I think here we we do have to be careful of the of the news. So keep it up, everyone out there who's uh, double checking and doing your research. That's do it all for you, you. yeah. If no one else or your kids, if you have kids. This week we went to Twin Peaks, which if none of you have ever been to Twin Peaks or know what Twin Peaks is, it's like a lumberjack version of Hooters, supposedly. Was it? Supposed to be. Like they wear short shorts and then they have the flannel shirts that are kind of crop topped. I only so. saw like camouflage, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think when you go onto the website, I think it says like lumberjack version or something like no that. No was laughing because he's like, that wasn't camouflage. Those were tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Our waitress, yeah. She had a lot of tattoos. Our waitress? The waitresses. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see all of them had tattoos. Were you looking that closely? No was the answer. <laughs> Probably not then, I guess, if they all had tattoos. I was just... I will say one kind of reminded me of the Predator, though. Um, Yeah. Probably because of the hair, how poofy it was and all that stuff. But She did not have any visible tattoos, but I thought the same thing. I'm like, damn, can I have a seat for two? <laughs> yeah. 
Minus Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> When's Arnold's coming? <laughs> Head to the chopper. <laughs> Head to the chopper. <laughs> ah, all right. Okay. So seriously, though. So, yeah. It, it, honestly, it's not a bad place. It, uh, they have like a lot. If you want sports, they have a lot of TVs up to watch sports. Um, they have a pretty good uh, beer list and uh, liquor list. Oh, man. Their whiskey, bourbon, and scotch list was actually great. Uh, scotch on the low side, whiskey on the medium side. Their bourbon list was great. Yeah. And the food was surprisingly very good as well. Yeah. Two weeks in a row now, we just like flipped a coin, decided where to go. And it's like, holy crap. This was delicious. Yes, it was. And honestly, the... Uh, the appetizer. What did we get? We got the, pulled pork smothered fries. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. I could have done that for my dinner. Yes, it was. Yeah, you could. That is is good enough to have for a dinner. It's so tasty. And then I don't know. I, did you put the ranch drizzle on it? A little bit. The first bit around. I'm not huge on the ranch. I actually just enjoyed the pulled pork. Those little teeny bits of jalapenos and red onion with that sauce. Delish. Oh, yeah, it was. It's so good. Unbeatable. And it was eleven ninety nine. It was twelve bucks, yeah. Okay, and then from there we both basically got the same main dish, um, which was the meatball parmesan sandwich. Yes, which was uh, it was actually pretty good. Um, I uh, for my side since we had that um, smothered fries as the appetizer, I got um, the broccoli. And I'm not exactly sure what they put on the broccoli, but it actually tasted really good. It's definitely buttered in something else. And um, I, I would say the uh, the meatball sandwich, um, it wasn't quite what I expected. It was kind of like, um, I won't say I was disappointed, but I, like after having that, that those smothered fries with the, with the pulled pork, I was expecting my sandwich to be like totally like, the picture was a great picture. <laughs> the picture was a great picture. But I expected like the sandwich to taste way better. But the the sauce was good. The meatballs were good. Uh, they had plenty of melted cheese on it, which was good. I think I think to your point when we're talking about it at dinner, I think there was something a little bit off with the bread itself. Yeah, no, that's exactly my takeaway. The meatballs were a win. The cheese, the like, they definitely smothered that bad boy in cheese, and I loved it. Um, interestingly enough, though, obviously, they used a provolone. It wasn't robust in flavor. I would have liked uh, maybe a different cheese, maybe a Swiss instead, take a risk so I can taste the cheese. But the meatballs were delicious. Uh, the sauce was good. The cheese was quantified. The bread, man, that was the fail. Uh I had a bite of just a meatball with a little bit of sauce and cheese. I was like, man, this food is an eight. And then once I threw the bread in, I'm like, how did this just drop to a six? The bread literally stole flavor away from the sandwich. It did. Um, and so I just didn't finish the bread. My sandwich was a seven. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wonder if the bread might have been better if they used maybe like a sourdough roll instead or toasted it or something I'm i sure. don't have that answer all i know is it literally took flavor away from the rest of the sandwich and much like yourself i didn't substitute for broccoli but i did substitute for the three cheese mac and cheese with a little bit of breadcrumbs on top and it was exactly what i was looking for at the steakhouse we last visited had they had that it would have completely changed that steakhouse meal it the the three cheese mac and cheese was another win so overall i'd say 
I'm not sure if I necessarily take a first date there. Dude, here's where it gets tricky. I agree with you. I'm going to let you finish your review and then. Because like the weight staff does wear like short shorts and kind of like these flannel halter top type things. They were humble. Yeah. There was no like weird. It's definitely a, a guy place. So that's where my review comes into question is would I take a date there? You know, I would probably take if I had a you know a girlfriend for a while and she's like into sports and I'm into sports. Sure, I would go there with her, uh, or if I was married, probably I'd go there. But I would not go there on a first date or a second date, maybe. Um, but I go, I definitely would go there with a the buddy and have a have a beer and whatever and watch a game. So this is where again, it's super interesting. We're talking about the location in Centennial, Colorado, oh, right by Arapahoe, Yosemite. It's it's a difficult location. Not getting out, but getting in, depending on which angle you're coming from or going to. Um, getting out of the parking lot, it wasn't so bad. I literally, yeah, we won't even talk about how I got in there. <laughs> I probably broke some laws, but with that, um, man. It wasn't that the service wasn't great. The service was an eight. I like to rhyme all the time. So with that, um, the service really was great. The food was great. Food and service, both an eight. Um, location, man, I don't often bring location into my scheme of things, but man, location was a five at best. Um, uh, yeah, I would say the location. It's not a very easy place to kind of get to. At least a centennial one. There's other ones that are around that are actually easier to get to. And and I've been to some of the other ones around town. And likewise there, I think the uh, service has been good. The food's been good. So overall, I'll give the place like a 7.5 to an 8. Um, the one drawback here around the centennial one is the is the definite location. Yeah. With that, I, I would I take a date there? Not because the wait staff wasn't great or how they were dressed, only because no, would I not take one there because the rest of the people who were frequenting this place. While we were there, seeing the people come in and out, I was just like, man, these guys are all questionable. Like, <laughs> Once again, I think here you have to think about it as being a sports pub. Like, uh, Man, I love going to sports pubs, and usually I see a female in the audience. There wasn't one there. Yeah, I mean, that's because there it's like a Hooters sports. Right, but I've seen food, ho- females at every Hooters I've ever been to every time I've ever gone. Literally, there was something off about it <laughs> where I'm just like, man, it's not that these girls. A bunch of single horny guys, I don't know. Is that what it was? Because that's not why I was there. We were going for the damn sandwich and fries. <laughs> we were going there for our restaurant review. Let's just be honest right. with that. But I'm just saying, like, uh, to your point, that, I mean, there was a couple of women in there with, that came in with their husbands. I didn't see him, but I also wasn't looking. Yeah, there's a there's probably like about two or three couples that came in right. when we were there. I don't think anyone any piece of it was inappropriate to have a, a full family or wives or girlfriends in there. It's just that when I was looking around at the other guys, man, I don't want my lady around any of that. Yeah, to me, it was just like a. a Would I go there? For a restaurant review with you, yes. Would I take a female there that I wanted to make sure she felt 100% safe and comfortable? No. And it's not that it was a bad place. There was just something off about those guys in there. <laughs> I don't know about that. To me, there was. That, that like, at the end of the day, 
Food, I already, high rating, eight. Service, high rating, eight. Um, there was just something off feeling to me where ultimately would I take a first date there? No, would I go with a friend? Um, yeah, if it's like one of the last places. But man, I and the food was great. Again, this is the struggle. The food is great. Whether go rather go to the tailgate uh, really or the go. West Main Tap House. I'd rather make the extra drive to go to those places. I'd rather go to the tailgate if I'm going to a sports pub. I'm not, there's nothing wrong with that place. I just think the, um, yeah, just nothing wrong with it. It's just, you got like high end sports pubs and you got like low end sports pubs. This is kind of like somewhere in the middle, but not kind of like maybe lower middle. And I think that's where kind of like maybe you might be struggling with it on in there. I, where my struggle came in, this is the truth, is when I saw two fathers objectify their two sons by having them pose in front of what they called quote unquote dessert, which was three of the wait staff. Now, what I would have loved to seen is the manager and two other male wait staff cooks come out and be like, let's pose and see the father's reaction there because I have zero problem with anyone making a living doing any of those things. But the fathers were like objectifying these women. And I actually had a fucking problem with that. I was just like, are you kidding me? Well, like, I just be like, Hey man, go have, these are pretty ladies. Have some respect. Last them. If you can have your picture, not let's go get dessert and have your picture taken. For, like, Oh, by the way, kids, if you watch this show, your dads are wanking off to the picture of you with those ladies. We don't know which ones of you, but that's why they took the photo. Honestly, I did not hear any of that. So it disturbed me. It literally ruined the experience. I think, for me. I think if I would have heard that, that would have been a little bit disturbing. It disturbed me. I literally, it was just like, and that's what my, this could have been as great as the tailgate. But because of that, I just ruined it for me. Thanks a lot. You two fathers. Well, maybe just maybe we just caught a bad night where there's a couple of sleaze bags there. The Batman. Yes, it is a movie review for the Batman that came out um, the fourth. Yes, so March fourth. Probably got to see technically the fifth, oh, but technically, early yeah, well. midnight showings and whatnot. Had an amazing release. Had the biggest like uh, Thursday release since COVID. Awesome. That that is awesome. It is uh, directed by Matt Reeves, who uh, had some other notable movies like Cloverfield, Let Me In, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, and War of the Planet of the Apes. I think uh, right there, that's a pretty good resume. It's a great start. <laughs> Who knows where he goes from here with those and this movie? The sky's the limit. I agree. I wonder, and I did see an interview. He was talking about like the at the very tail end. Spoil alerts too. Like uh, if you guys haven't seen the movie yet, you oh yeah, you were gonna ruin it for you. Yeah. Don't stop now. Watch the movie. Come back. <laughs> exactly. Um, but he did like confirm that at the end it was the Joker that was uh, at the very end. And uh, he said he doesn't. He's not sure whether or not the Joker will be in the second movie, but it's probably a good indication if they do a sequel, the Joker will be in it. And uh, apparently, they had cut out a previous scene, so there's also are going to be re releasing a director's cut that's going to have the additional scene with the Joker in it. 
It's interesting that they've done this because I think they did it appropriately cutting out that Joker scene because the movie, you know, as we we talked about it briefly, uh, had so much in it already. Yeah. And the thing is, like, apparently the Joker is not quite the Joker yet at this point in the movie. He, he made it very um, he made it very clear that this is the infancy stage of all of these characters. Right. It was really a movie to reset a stage for right. a series of movies. Yeah. All right. So, um, anything you want to say about the director before we go any further? Uh, both of the Planet of the Apes movies he directed, I thought, were great in uh, their true. And granted, they're Planet of the Apes movies, but in their true human conflict, I thought that was something he did very well. Why that's important to me, when we talk about the Batman, as we did in our previous episode, and as we advance to this one, we talked about the Batman's dark side. And that is both as Bruce Bruce Wayne and as the Batman, um, and he did a great job in all three of these films. Yeah, I think um, I mean, when you look at the Planet of the Apes, he does kind of look at uh, at humanity and like the good parts of humanity versus the bad parts. And what does that mean? So literally it is you have one side of apes trying to take over the planet, the other side of the apes trying to not uh they're basically retaliating a takeover it's uh it's an interesting crux but it's literally this piece where i think what hasn't been faced in any of the previous batman movies in the last 20 years is the fact that there is an internal dark turmoil between bruce wayne and the batman who wins Uh, the judge jury and executioner or the man Yep, I think that I think you do get that whole that inner turmoil. Yeah, he did that piece. He did great. And now, so looking at, I guess I think we're kind of pushing more into Robert um, Pattinson and yeah. and how he did as the Batman or Bruce Wayne. So when we first look at, it, let's talk about him as Bruce Wayne. This is the point. This is where you get the dark side versus the light side. The apes trying to take over a planet or the apes trying to save it. Literally save it. And not that that's the same with the Batman and Bruce Wayne. Pattinson, though, it did a... I almost think he did my favorite job ever so far as the Batman. Dude, where I'm struggling is what he did for Bruce Wayne. He made Bruce Wayne look like an emo. Not that that's wrong for anyone who's a fan of emos, uh, but for uh, a fan of multi-generational hero, you need both sides. You need someone who's strong um, on both sides. And not that he wasn't strong. He just didn't deliver the emotional experience I was looking for from someone who is going to stand up for his rights um, in an intellectual way, not an emotional way, in an intellectual way and say, hey, here's the bottom line. None of that money matters if I can't save this day on Gotham. So I think I'm not sure if this was purposely done by the director or if it's just the way Pattinson did Bruce Wayne. But it really seemed like out of a three hour movie, basically like 15 minutes was him actually being Bruce Wayne, maybe less. Less. Um, but it basically is like a 12th of the 
a twelfth of the movie was like him being Bruce Wayne. It was a very small amount. And when you look at, and we've had, at least I'm not sure about you, but in the past like two weeks, I've watched probably like 10 animated movies and, you know, two or three Batman movies and some cart and then other like the animated series and stuff like that. I've been, I've been like watching it. A ton I did less Batman. animated in all of the videos. So probably the same video <laughs> time, but mine was more literally trying to figure out what happened between Keaton and then you proceed to Kilmer and then all of a sudden Clooney was a damn joke, honestly, <laughs> if I could look at it. And then to save the day, here comes, you know, but what's that? I was going to say, but I just wanted to finish my point. Oh, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just going to say, you, as far as you saying that he was kind of like an emo or something like that, I totally agree with you because when you look at all these other movies and the animations and stuff like that, Bruce Wayne cares just as much about being Bruce Wayne as he does being Batman. And yes, Batman is his true face and Bruce Wayne is his mask, but he does care about his business. And when you look at uh, Bruce Wayne in this, in this series, he or in this movie, it's almost like he doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about his family's legacy in the business. And all he cares about is just pure revenge, which that might be somewhat That's true. Dark. Yeah. It is dark. Um, but the way he acts as Bruce Wayne does not seem to reflect anything previously to this point. Right. And I'm and sorry. It, I do apologize for interrupting you because that's a really good point. Um, and I mean that like that is an epiphany that's a, a pinnacle point that explains all of that is when Pattinson is sitting there and he's getting dressed up for the funeral and it comes down to is where's your Wayne cufflinks and he's like I don't know I probably don't care misplaced them whatever zero compassion for what gave him every privilege he has had to this point. He has taken uh, advantage and for granted everything that's been gifted of him as far as being able to make X, Y, and Z, but he's taking it all for granted. And then Alfred is like, here, take mine. You cannot go without these. And he's like, what do you care about these stupid cufflinks basically? Uh, and Alfred's like, your father gave these to me, really reinstating this point of, man, this is so much bigger than you, Bruce. You have to understand you're taking for granted everything you've been given. You put yourself on the street and the same intelligence does you nothing. The same conflict does you nothing. You've been gifted all of this. You better start doing something with it. And the cufflinks thing killed me. Like it struck me to the core where I'm like, man, if my family and my dad had given me these cufflinks and I mean, partially because my last initial is W and Wayne, <laughs> right? Um, but the other point is they weren't meant to be extremely valuable. They weren't emeralds or diamonds or rubies or sapphires on these cufflinks. They were a simple brass W and he took them for granted, not understanding that, that where these roots came from. The importance of the, the the importance of the family. The importance of the family. And that, that uh, you brought up a, a really, you know, it's an epiphany. It's, it's a point where, Bruce, man, you're weak. And I don't know that everyone got the same thing from it. I'm praying that the director has got plans to change that. But, man, Bruce, you lose if you don't fix that. Yeah, and, and another, another tall tale right there, and maybe this is because when we – and we'll, we'll talk about this here in a little bit, but about, about how society is reflected upon in, in the cinema. But 
you see him say like, I don't really care about my money when he's, when Alfred's like, Hey, the accounts are coming here. You're losing all this money by building all this tech for Batman. And he's like, I don't care. I'm, I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, seek revenge on killing, you know, the person who killed my dad or something like that, basically, or my parents. And he, I think in all the other like scenarios, Yes, he had that drive to seek the revenge, but yes, he also had that drive to be successful as Bruce, too. Just at least an understanding. At least understand. We don't have that yet. And uh, it it hurt me to think that he took that for granted. Yeah, maybe he's still like a young Bruce. Maybe maybe he's supposed to be like a 22-year-old Bruce or something that hasn't fully functioned all the way through and understood all the the importance of what, what it means to be a Wayne. Yeah. Okay. Now to the fun, more the better part about his acting uh, with him being oh, Batman, dude. Pattinson nailed it uh, as the Batman. I'm not, I'm not gonna go cream my pants just yet, but dude, he nailed that, nailed it. And you know, um, man, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but a couple of things that were nailed in this movie for me, dude. Him as the Batman. His costume, his bat suit, his—I love how the like the the bat. Oh yeah, it wasn't exaggerated. It wasn't unnecessary. It was simple, purposeful, efficient, and effective. That's all any military or specs person needs. It was awesome. And then next, the Batmobile, not some made-up car that's totally impossible or can fly, which was the dream of previous generations. This thing was like, okay, I got a 60s GTO, and here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to like thrash it, but I love this body style. I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep that. I'm going to keep it light. It literally came down to science, real science, not Biden science, uh, <laughs> Real science where light and strong means good. <laughs> like, it was awesome. His motorcycle. Oh, man. I, I don't want to steal all the thunder. Uh, what else did you love about it? I was just going to say, like, once again, after watching all the animated, like, movies and stuff like that, I'm like, he nailed Batman. Dude, yes. He, just, he like, that is Batman. Like, yes. Like, I overall, like, total, like, Batman, Bruce Wayne. I, I probably would give a, a bigger lean to Christian Bale because of uh, how he did Bruce. Right. But if you're just talking strictly the Batman, I'm going to give it to Patterson here because he did it. He did a phenomenal job acting Dude. like Batman. Dude, he did an amazing job. Now, as a reboot, here's where I can only think they're going is they're going to show his arc. And we've talked about how, man, when you talk about it, Chris Nolan did the best job creating arcs within each of the movies and then a total character arc on top of that. However, I can only imagine what's going to happen. I'm actually really excited. It's one of the first movies I've been super excited to see. Please do not have a problem. Please do sequels to this. Um, I'm really super excited to see sequels to this and see how this character develops. Is this a Shylock? Is this uh, Romeo and Juliet? Or is it, you know, any number of, man, tragic Shakespearean events? Uh, But I want to see this guy win and develop. Now, let's face it. Christian Bale uh, elected and selected for Batman and Bruce Wayne in the Chris Nolan series. Man, that's all because of American Psycho. He was already super sexy and had that role down. He had nailed the Bruce Wayne. That's what they went after. It won for the time. Um, But, man... I literally got to give the best Batman to Pattinson. Yeah, so do I. Dude, 
Two he, thumbs up. Exactly. That's all I have. You're not getting four. <laughs> 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 yeah, I, here's my two thumbs right, up for two, two four four, yeah. four thumbs <laughs> so uh i agree i mean he just did a phenomenal job as batman and um and i do think we are going to be able to see more of an arc here because you're seeing like an introduction to a whole new dcu because like there was going to be dcu and they kind of trashed it but yet now they, they've already shown like there's going to be a series of DCU movies. And I think that he's going to be a part of this DCU. Yeah. Um, there was so much in this movie. It's a long movie. If you are going three to go hours. see it, if you haven't seen it, it's three hours long, but they it, just go in knowing that. And I think if I had actually fully been aware of that uh, and also I didn't have to work, you know, only get like five hours of sleep, four hours of sleep. Uh, it probably would have been different. But um, man, there's so much in there. It is definitely a reboot uh, with that character arc and everything else. Uh, Kravitz did an amazing job, too. Okay. All right. You're, you're great. <laughs> you, you, you brought her up. Guy's about to, but you brought her up. Okay. So Zoe Kravitz, what do you guys say about Catwoman? Man, uh, I didn't think it was possible. She just became my new favorite Catwoman. Really? Literally. And the reason for that. Is because she is truly this generation, uh, the the most recent generation's version of what a female, and I, I mean, I mean, I know in some instances we're not supposed to judge her as that or this, but he was absolutely a male, a man, man, not a policeman, and she is absolutely a female, um, and there are boundaries and blurred lines with all of that and all the other things going on in the movie. And I have no problem with any of that. I actually loved it. But at the end of the day, there was this attraction between her, uh, you know, call it witch chromosome or not, and him. But she still held her line. She's a strong woman. And because of that, ah, man, she just became my new favorite cat woman. It's weird because I would not have thought that. Because I can tell you right now, Gordon, this new Gordon, was not my favorite Gordon. She just became my new favorite Catwoman. Okay, so I think she did a great job as Catwoman as well. And once again, watching a bunch of animated movies and uh, getting to know Catwoman a little bit more but through the animated uh, movies. And she kind of nailed that a lot. Like, yes, they had this fling between each other. You can see the chem- the sexual chemistry there. Um, but then there's that independence and that playfulness and like, Hey, you, you know, this ain't going to work. You go this way. I go that way. And she did that all, all really, really well. She was very sultry as a, as a cat woman. Um, I would, I guess I would say she was definitely sexy. Um, the one thing that kind of threw me off at first, and this wasn't like not a knock on it or anything like that. Cause like I said, I think she's an awesome cat woman and I agree with you. She's probably my favorite cat woman at this point too. More, four more thumbs up, <laughs> but I will, I will say this, uh, that, um, looking at the historical sense of cat women from basically maybe except for the, uh, TV series, Selena Kyle, like in like the comics and the animated series and the video games, everything like that. It was a, it was, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to be politically incorrect, but she was a white person or a Caucasian. And Zoe Kravitz is, I'm not, maybe she's African-American or mixed. I'm not really sure. But in any case, she wasn't what I had originally anticipated, but she nailed the part. Dude, she did nail the part. And that's the point. And, and, is, that's, and that's the thing here is like, I think you have to look at yeah. a person's capability and ability. And she nailed it. 
Yeah, she did. She absolutely opened doors for future episodes for her to repeat, to mm-hmm. uh, reintroduce herself. And I love that. So the again, when we talk about writers, producers and everything else, you brought up a really good point. The connection with Pattinson and his ties to the comic book stories lines is the closest I have seen out of any of the Batmans and the directors. And we've got great directors. We're talking about Chris Nolan. We're talking about Tim Burton. There are some greats out there that have done Batman lines. And this new series, well, this new movie, Prey, I'm really hoping it becomes a series, is a such a big win. It's such a... Um, well-found hope that they repeat that and you can only consider that well i must consider not can only i must consider that current world events we've got russia invading ukraine who knows why we've got other things going on in the world Uh, i'd imagine we've talked about this too china invading taiwan very soon biden please be aware and lots of crazy things happening that uh you know we have to face that at this time, we need a man-man. We need a Batman, not a policeman in all situations. Right after two years ago, Biden was trying to defund the police, and I really will never in my life ever understand that. Uh, So, man, this movie, the timing, everything perfectly sits in my life. Yeah, we'll talk about the society part. (laughs) Dude, the society is darkest. Um, So this, okay, you brought him up. James Gordon. Uh, this was played by Jeffrey Wright. He did a great job as the part. He just didn't do a great enough job compared to everyone else. I really do think he did a good job. What they missed, what they failed, was to tie him back to Bruce Wayne. And had they done that, I would care anything about him emotionally, probably because it's been done so many times, or maybe they just cut the scene out. They did not do that. And because of that, I didn't have any emotional attachment to him, and he was not the Gordon I needed. I So Jeffrey um, Wright, I first really got to know him through his uh, first season of Westworld, and I thought he was a very he's a very good actor. He's a phenomenal actor. But um, he was not the Jim Gordon I was looking for either. No. Once again, I'm going to bring up the whole thing I brought up with like Zoe Kravitz. He like you look at the comics and the TV series, the movies, and uh, uh, he uh, obviously Gordon was Caucasian in those. And uh, I think that that was at first kind of like I wasn't expecting that here. Um, but then again, I didn't really look at the IMBD or anything like that, see who was playing what parts or anything like that. I just went, went to go see the movie because it's Batman. And um, <laughs> um, he did a decent job. Um, his relationship to Batman is kind of like similar to like a lot of the relationships uh, between Batman and uh, Gordon, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, and I think it seems kind of very as it should be um, in the beginning stages when they're both kind of trying to get to know each other and fill each other out because there's a comment where uh, Gordon says, uh, or I'm not sure if it's Batman or Gordon, but one of them says like, yeah, you don't trust me. Like I don't trust you or something like that. And because I think by the time we look at Gordon in some of the animated series or even in the TV series, they, uh, he actually knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. And here, Gordon doesn't know that Bruce Wayne is Batman yet. 
Re- restarting that that timeline, yeah. Yeah, so I, th- I think it's kind of like maybe that relationship with, you know, if they were showing a little bit more time of Patterson being Bruce Wayne, they could have built that relationship between Bruce Wayne and Gordon, but I highly doubt it because Bruce Wayne in this movie was a, a recluse, right? Uh, he was just like, he was a hermit. He just, he did not go out anywhere. He didn't like to go out in the public or anything like that. And he is just a, you know, he, he didn't. It revisits the pre, the post adolescent period where, depending on which series you're seeing, he's either training to be a ninja or not, or a badass, or here he's going through his own time alone. Uh, yeah, this, uh, so you couldn't develop any time with, with, with Gordon. No, uh, it, it's all different interpretations. And again, though, I thought it was pretty masterfully done, man. You got the penguin Falcone, Gordon, Catwoman, Batman and Riddler Joker introductions, man, they didn't mess up what they did in the George Clooney movie. By bringing too much in and clouding the point. Okay, so I'm assuming we're done talking about Gordon because you started bringing in all these other characters. So yeah, Gordon just wasn't. He was great. He just wasn't what I needed. That's that's fair. And um, so who? So next big character that you want to bring up, man, dude. Well, you just. If you guys were, this is the biggest spoiler of all. Colin Farrell played the penguin. (laughs) Dude, the makeup and costume, phenomenal. And the only reason I got it were a few mannerisms and his voice. And then I'm like, is this really? There's no way. And then I searched it and I'm like, holy smokes, it's real. That's him. Oh, my God. It's true detective all over again. I love this. Not season one, season two, but I loved it, and it was great. Yeah, I didn't realize I was Colin Farrell until you mentioned it, and I was like, really? Like, but then again, I wasn't really looking for him either, so I didn't. That's just him. it. And, uh, yeah, he did a great job as a penguin. Um, I thought, was, you know, he, he, I, li- I love how they didn't make him too comic booky. made him more kind of gritty and um, and uh, more mafia, you know, mafia type of person. Um, so I, I think they did a great job with him as being the penguin. Uh, I think we'd be a little bit, um, I think we have to really hear, uh, bring up, uh, the Riddler since he is the main villain. I thought it was played well to the point of it made sense. This is the unknown quiet recluse introvert you expect to be able to do these things and what i loved is that i hated him i hated him i wanted the riddler to die and he did not at the end of this movie and i wanted him to be no more a threat um with that quite quick side tangent man when batman did go dark he is, I think they're doing a great job eluding to the future of the Batman will go truly dark 
there were times in this movie when he was almost there to the point where he's getting ready to kill somebody and something triggered him to stop. I think they've set this up very well in the future that the trigger won't be there or the trigger will go the other way. I'm excited for that, not because I want that in life, but because I think people need to realize that's a reality. But man, God damn it! at the end of the day, the fucking Riddler was a win because he played his role to the point where I hated him. And that's what I loved about it. So to your point about the, about Batman, there's a couple times where a couple of areas where you see him kind of like, he's getting dark. ready to smash someone to death. Yeah. And I think uh, the, the director was talking about how this is kind of a, um, uh, this movie here is kind prelude of prelude to a kiss. Maybe, but more of like him trying to find, find himself as a Batman. But at the Riddler, um, the one thing I didn't think was a total win, but it worked was his outfit. Um, it seemed the, the, what, what made his outfit work is that it was believable and he, he used things that you could get. Right. And I think that's what made a lot of this movie work is that everything was believable. As far as like, you know, what you could do or could not do. Nothing like super, you know, weird or anything like that. Or comic booky-ish. But it was not the outfit I was looking for for the Riddler. And he did do a great job as far as the Riddler goes. And he was creepy enough to where you like, you want this guy to like die. I did want him to die. I just wanted to know the world was a safer place without him. That's why I actually loved he, him he was, as the Riddler. He was twisted enough to make people fear um, what he could do. Well, more so than that, to make others follow him. Yeah, and I, I think... <laughs> it's Here's where it gets sad, and to the uh, sideline you're saying... Um, this guy's finding pieces and tools he can use to create terror, and he does very successfully. It's no different than seriously tragic events in our own personal lives. Uh, not that we were super close, or uh, thankfully we haven't been. Uh, Columbine, things like that, where these people just find pieces to do this close to them. And, man, the Riddler did that well. And mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think it was a good reflection of our society. I think... Uh, especially when you look at stuff like, you know, influ- uh, TikTok influencers or YouTube influencers. Well, and that's where it gets and, super questionable is do you, do you or do you not want your military going in and knowing these people are doing this crap? Taking away rights to protect the others. No, I don't. But, man, I don't want the Riddler around. <laughs> I really don't. I thought he, this is what I hate is that I hated him. And because of that, the actor I loved. I think the actor did a great job. Once again, I think, like I said, it was a fail, but it was a win too. Is is the is his outfit? Um, but I think it's really, I think it really shows uh, some of like the fringe factors here, where there are groups out there that do, um, you know, militia groups and stuff like that that do get together off of the internet and meet up and and then they plan and plot things and. Um, and then you can share information and that's exactly what he did. And I think it was, um, that this is like what I was mentioning before. It's re- this part is a win because everything on here is kind of realistic. You can see it happening. Here's the bigger struggle. I'm glad you just said that because here's the biggest struggle is that 
in so many ways, the Riddler wasn't wrong about the politicians being dirty, about the money being dirty, about what happened to him. And he therefore was not wrong about taking the actions. If you take the stance of a Kaiser Sose or Charlie Barrett or some of these other people we've talked about, dude, he was literally doing, he was literally enacting revenge on all the wrongs that have been done to him in the society by politicians and mafia and mafia and the rich. So here's okay. Why don't we just get, why don't we just fast forward to there? Because it seems like we want to get there anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what are the other key points? There's only a couple more. We know Barry Cogan, the Joker. Yeah. Uh, man, they didn't fully announce it, but then they did. Uh, he's, you get a, like a quarter face shot of him at the end, talking to the Riddler about share a riddle with me. <laughs> Tell me a riddle. I was going to say, um, maybe, maybe we should talk about this first and then talk about what we like or didn't like or the wins of the movie. Um, how the movie relates to society. Cause I think you're bringing, you started to bring it in. It's you're making a very good point here. Cause if even we go back two episodes ago when we talked about JFK, right? We talked about how the politics, how politicians have worked with, um, with the mafia and they plotted and they basically, you know, steal money and, and they, they uh, kill people off and stuff like that. And here, as you're saying, the realtor is exposing all of that. Uh, to me at the end of this day, this is the struggle. This is another reason I fucked hated the riddler yeah it's two f-bombs three f-bombs right right? the the point is is he did such a like literally as an actor as a person when i look at him not impressed i don't think you're supposed to be that's the point he did that good of a job and man and that's why he has his mask which is the riddler outfit right because that's the only way he could become an assault on your visual aesthetic something that was fearful (sighs) politically we've gone downhill in so many different avenues in society and now so many people are just praying non-religious people just praying or hoping for the best and no one's actually standing up and it's a difficult thing um, I, the only way I can relate it to is that we look at this war. First of all, you look at Afghanistan. Uh, America flew out of there with their tail behind, uh, between their legs. Uh, weak. For me as American, embarrassed that we spent that much money and left a billions of dollars worth of weapons to the enemy's hands. With that... You get into Russia and Ukraine, and we're trying to pretend that we're going to do any good there. Well, this Russian military is, you know, like 500 plus times the size of the Afghan military, uh, unless we're trying to get drugs from them, they're selling them to us, and then it's a, a million times bigger. But the whole point is that society is broken we're not seeing who the friends and the allies and the enemies and the tragedies are we're looking at oh uh does biden get 10 percent more or popularity percentage uh support if he takes a certain stance 
and I hate that. Oh, what I would like to see is that we didn't fail in Afghanistan. So, we failed. So America I, failed. So how are you tying this into the Batman movie? So America failed in Afghanistan. America's pretending they're going to do anything for Ukraine. In the Batman movie, all of the police, not that they weren't trying, the, the few, the proud, the brave, weren't trying. Uh, they were, but they were failing. And so now you have the Batman come in creating fear. Now, unfortunately, this is an anti-war technique. It's a war technique in general. And the Batman was the only one making the difference. And in that sense, it's really twisted because you have to kind of think, now, is Biden the Batman? Is Trump I'm, the I'm, Batman? I'm thinking there's no answer. I'm thinking it's way more simple than that. I What's think that? the way to really sum it up is that we all know the politicians are corrupt. We all know that they're in bed with the mil, uh, with the mil, uh, mafia. And what you're seeing in the movie, the Batman, is what we see in reality. I do agree with that. Hum, humans, humans are weak, including Wayne's Bruce Wayne's parents who leaned in on the military who then leaned you mean back. The mafia. Yeah. It could be the military. could be the mafia. Maybe both. I think the next storyline will come out. But and here, I mean, you're, I mean, what we're seeing here is that they're trying to show like by bringing down Falcone that it goes way deeper than just one bad person. It's like the whole system is corrupt. Right, and I think that's and, and when you start realizing that the whole system is corrupting Gotham, that is a total reflection of our society here in America, where the mass majority of our system is all corrupt. I think that's all you had to really go with that one. Right, at least no, that's at least that's I, what I, I think. I fully agree, but I think the other piece you have to consider is there will be right a, now. There's no Batman. There's no hero in the real world. Well, I mean, unless you consider Trump actually making some crazy Batman comeback. Yeah, probably not. But what I would say is that... I think there are good men, yes. but I don't think there's like a hero out there like Batman. Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. And it's tragic. It's just literally tragic. We're all sitting here wondering uh, who's the next Punisher that's going to save the day. Uh, Pattinson, though, at the end of the day, did a phenomenal job. This movie was written clearly well, produced probably better, the actor did an amazing job as the Batman. Costumes, uh, props, the car, the motorcycles, Catwoman, the Penguin, Falcone. You know. Are you going into the winds? Where are we at? Dude, I'm all over the board. There were a lot of wins with this movie. It was just a long movie. They tried to encompass so much and such. And this is what's crazy. They tried to encompass so much in such a short time period, three hours, that you can tell they're racing to get to a timeline where they can reinvigorate Aquaman, Superman, other characters, the Flash, back into it. All right. So in real, like, two, three points, what, what are your major wins on this movie? Oh, man. The Batman. Cast? Yes. Like... I didn't love that he didn't play Bruce Wayne like I wanted him to, but how well he played the Batman, the best I think I've ever seen, 
totally offset that. And maybe that was part of the, the win. And I think about the whole vampire movie series, and that's just who he was, man. He was a badass vampire and a weak human. So whatever it takes, he nailed the Batman, the costumes, the props, the um, the future storylines. Uh, really, the only thing I didn't think was a win was how he played Bruce Wayne. And I can like literally let that go because of how well the rest of the movie went. I would say the number one win in this movie has to be him as Batman. Yeah. Well, yeah, as the Batman. And I think that's the title's perfect. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's not the Bruce Wayne. The other, it's I, the think, Batman. I think some of the other wins were the costumes, like the Batman costume, the Riddler uh, costume. Like I said, I have mixed feelings about that one, but just because it didn't meet what I thought it would be. Overall, uh, I think the movie is a total win. The one thing I did not like about the movie, and it and maybe because I'm just ultra sensitive to it, um, is that uh, they're still pushing a social agenda there, that social justice warrior stuff where they chose maybe certain actors for certain reasons other than what they had been historically, uh, the characters. Um, I think they also kind of pushed the whole narrative a little bit too about uh wealthy people are, are bad type of thing um so there was i think there was just a couple of like minor issues there but like i said like it could be just because i'm ultra aware with the, aware of that stuff that maybe that that came up as a fail for me but overall it was light enough to where unless you're really looking for it it can pass over pretty smoothly so um if you take out those couple of minor things, this movie was a total 100% win. And um, I would recommend people seeing it. And right now, just on the gut level, I think it's my favorite Batman movie, but I do have to see it one more time. Dude, I do too. And I'm right there with you. He is absolutely my favorite Batman. Uh, and much like yourself, I love, and maybe this is like, <laughs> <laughs> some weird twisted piece where now all of a sudden men have to go see the Batman multiple times, just like uh, in uh, the late, the mid 1990s females were seeing Titanic when it was released <laughs> with Leonardo DiCaprio four times was the average time. Like a teenage female saw it dude, Leonardo, you nailed it. But regardless, yeah, I want, I want to go see it again because I wasn't expecting some things, and I just I feel like I did miss a lot. I think the movie uh, was very, and this is what I want to kind of finish on, was Sir Arthur Conan Doyle wrote Sherlock Holmes so long ago. But I think this, one of the reasons I loved this, uh, the Batman more than any other was because they introduced him in the beginning of the movie as a Sherlock, as a Sherlockian character who's going around being like, hey, there's a blood stamp and obviously a weapon mark on the ground right there. And all of a sudden the forensics experts are like, oh, I've been here for three hours. Better take a photo of that. <laughs> and he's just looking around. He's the first one to find the book. He's the first one to see that this is the Do missing guy. you think his, his lenses helped him see all that stuff? So I don't, but I think after the fact, and I love the fact that they brought that up because those are real. If you guys don't know it, Sony literally developed those, Google those lenses. Google has too. Do they? Oh, I know Sony did. Um, Sony's had those lenses for a while now, oh. and I love it. 
Uh, it's great. Sony also recently signed a contract with Honda. Might be a time to buy more Honda stock. But just saying, um, there's this piece where I, I don't think that was the lens. I think that was just him intrinsically uh, being Sherlockian. And another piece, you haven't really watched it or you haven't watched it at all. But I think that generation that's going to truly fall in love with this movie more than anyone is the same group that saw Cumberbatch play Sherlock and was just like, this is what I want. Someone who is smart enough to solve the problem. All right, well. Sounds like you love the movie. I love the movie. Dude, the movie was surprisingly phenomenal. I'm going to take my kids to come see it, uh, go see it if they can make it work this upcoming weekend. I'm excited. There aren't a ton of movies anymore where I'm like, yeah, I want to go see this, let alone multiple times in the theater yet, but just multiple times at all. Knives Out was definitely one of them. Uh, The most recently, James Bond. No Time to Die was one of them. Uh, But this man joins a rare list of movies where I'm like, not only do I have to buy it on DVD in case the internet ever went down, (laughs) but man, I want to own this physically. It's a good movie. That's all I got to say. Great. Dude, it's great. All right, Better so what's, uh, what is our uh, Smart Challenge for next week? All right, man. Are you ready for this? Nope. But I'm ready to hear it, I guess. Got to watch and assess the movie. 300. Frank Miller. We're going to kind of start to wrap up our whole code versus moral code series. And I really want to look at what does it mean to be a Spartan? Are we talking about a real Spartan or are we talking about the movie Spartan? The, the movie, man. You can talk about both. You can bring up both. But I'm more focused on the movie. And then also, what did it mean to be a Spartan woman? And the Scotch, man. Because of that. Getting back on track. Oh, okay. Are you sure? Dude, you got yours for your next episode. Are you sure you don't want to do the other one? No, let's do this. Okay. We'll save that for your next episode. So this, me, 300, the Spartans, Ah, the Spartan woman, Rachel Berry treated us to the Ben React 10. Uh, This next week, we will do the Ben React 10, the Smoky 10. Oh, so the other one was just a regular 10. The regular 10. This is the Smoky 10. So please. Okay. Rachel, don't let us down. (laughs) Don't let me down. Yes. All right. Well, with that said, anything you want to say to the people before we go? Hopefully you go and see this movie. Hopefully you go and support our economy. Hopefully you watch our show at all and then finish the show. Share your feedback. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want. What do you want out of a movie review? Um, Are we giving you too much? Are we giving you too little? We may or may not be. What do you want on a scotch review? Are we giving you too much? Are we giving you too little? Remember to drink responsibly. Life is great. And uh, share with us, man, if you're out there and uh, life's tough right now for you, but you love scotch and you need a dram, reach out to us. If you want to be on the show, share one of our smarter challenges. You can't afford a dram of scotch. If we can get you on the show, we'll share a dram of scotch with you. Because we understand times are getting tough and they're only going to potentially get tougher. Uh, We want everyone to live great. We want everyone to drink responsibly. And thank you so much for those of you who have given us feedback. 
It always darkest before dawn. It's only going to get uglier these next 12 months and then pray fully. It will get better. Like Dude. I said, it's always the darkest before dawn. Any case, uh, once again, thank you everyone. As, as Jesse is mentioning, please, please, please leave a comment down below. Let us know what you think about the new Batman movie. And if you didn't do it from the week previously, let us know who's your favorite Batman, favorite uh, uh, Bruce Wayne or Riller, Riller or villain or whatever. Uh, leave us some comments. We're more than happy to uh, respond to them. Uh, for those of you who do watch us on YouTube and Rumble, thank you. Uh, we do greatly appreciate that. Whoever our number 43 person is, uh, the subscriber. On- it could be number like 46. We had a couple of unsubscribe. <laughs> Well, that was like a little while ago, but now we're up to 43 again. Yeah, man. So thank you, whoever number 43 is. And on Rumble, thank you, whoever number eight is. Um, I, I just mentioned 46 because you're FU46 at. Oh. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> uh, and then for anyone who does listen to us on uh, Spotify and Audible, I just want to thank all of you for listening to us. We do greatly appreciate that. And... Um, think that's it uh please like please like share and subscribe oh if you want to become a patron member um you can do so for a minimum of one dollar a month uh, i'll be in the in the description down below it's the very first thing in our description area there's a link right there it goes to pod beans uh, goes to the pod bean uh patron yeah. that's why that's what i was looking for um and uh you just take that link there and uh, anything that you guys give us, it does go to our podcast and it helps us improve. All right. Thank you very much. And uh, once again, life is great. Same scotch time, same scotch hey, channel next week. One last thing. Noah. Yeah. Man, you always say it to me. Thank you for going on this endeavor with me. Oh, thank you. Cheers. We hope you enjoyed this evening's episode of Scotch Hour. If you did, please like share and subscribe also if you have not done so already please become a patron member with memberships starting as low as one dollar a month thank you and hopefully you have a wonderful evening